0: that That was good that was good and we are off and running are we gonna do this Paris style with our guest this uh, this episode Fudge
1: I guess so Uh, you know what I mean when I say Paris style of course welcome to the podcast tough stuff Ricky South
2: thanks for having me can someone fill me in on what Paris style is
0: we didn't, um, when we had him on the show, we didn't bother sort of uh, separately doing intros and outros and everything, so this is basically <laughs> the start of
1: the episode.
2: We just went yeah. straight in for it. Dived right that's in. That's it. Mate, that's we, we, it. we go straight to the good content. That's it.
0: that's it. That's it. The express version. And that's why the gimmick table is rolling in right now, guys.
1: Oh my goodness. Look at <laughs> this. It's in my home. Conco, it's in your home. Ricky, it's in your home Digitally. The gimmick table is in all of our homes. And hearts. Exactly. Oh boy. It holds a dear place in all of our hearts for sure.
2: Helping us I know it's a lot closer isolation.
0: even to uh, to Ricky is the uh, the first <laughs> plug here for wrestlermerch.com. Uh, man,
2: any shirt you need. Um, I, I have the uh, lucky ability to uh, have access to creating any shirt that I want for any design, so. Wow. I'm, yet to, I'm yet to go full uh, evil with that, but just having that thought, having that power is just so uh, uh, exhilarating for me.
1: Those are the perks of living in the Wrestle House, baby. Living in the Wrestle House. <laughs> and what's the link for that website, Conquer?
0: <laughs> I believe it was wrestlermerch.com. It sure no, is, as no.
1: well. Wow. All no, of your
0: no, local no. wrestlers.com. Um, I really need to. Write down these. Uh,
1: I've <laughs> written down. Do go like down. These um, oh, very good. On top we'll of that, I want to jump on ship with what we did last episode, where the gimmick table isn't necessarily just about what you can physically own now, it's more so about how you can keep yourself occupied mm-hmm. and, and prevent, prevent yourself, yourself from going crazy during isolation. So we plugged the of podcasts last episode and i to plug them again starting off with pro wrestling audio with jack bonza detailing much of the history behind pwa and pwa black label but also uh those were the days with robbie eagles his backyard wrestling podcast which i believe has a new episode which came out very shortly before we started recording this gentleman um, both of those podcasts are available through spotify and other podcasting apps, I guess. I I really should push up on these things and be aware, considering I have my own podcast. Hey, that's
0: okay, but you mentioned Spotify, and we didn't even mention this last episode. There's a whole new album out.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Do you want to tell us about that?
0: PWA, The Music, Volume 1. Such tracks like the new BSCG theme, which is... It, it, it completely slaps, does it not? It, uh,
1: <laughs> a bit of a It slap. slaps. It, it's, it's a good slap, slapper. And, um, slap.
0: man, what else? I mean, everybody's showing that love for that J. Troy Jessica track.
1: Troy. I've been listening to Jessica Troy's theme song on repeat. The
2: Headhunter Rig uh, track is another sort of low-key banger there.
0: Uh so is Adam Hoffman's song. Yeah. Uh, that one has some good action as well but i think overall my favorite track of the whole album might actually be empire that is my only uh gripe with the whole album is that empire didn't go for 10 minutes i would have looped that and uh just created the longest version which i'm sure i could just probably do during uh using audacity anyway
2: but much much, yeah. much love to set me on fire and uh cj phoenix for oh absolutely putting in the work and creating something such uh top-notch oh there. man
0: there's a whole podcast there to be done just about the creation of that album I'm sure there's but uh, a
1: track on it they're all great they're all bangers in my opinion
0: there are Oh, other fellow bSCG member Shazza uh, she's got a track as well yeah uh, man I can't wait for volume two to see uh, who you know who who gets the the superstar treatment, you know. Me on fire treatment. yeah there you go witches
1: um, four gimmick table rolls away. I wanna cover a couple of live streams and watch parties that are being hosted basically through PWA, starting with the PWA watch party on Friday nights where they watch a different event every Friday with two different featured wrestlers, basically commentating over it. Um, Most recently, we dived into the archives and had an event in 2015, so that was super cool. On Saturday night, we've also got PWA movies that's more of a uh, Twitter interaction game where we select four wrestlers, they choose four movies, we put up a poll, whatever movie uh, wins the poll, we all watch it simultaneously together at 8 o'clock on Saturday nights. Um,
0: lots, lots of drinks, lots of input.
1: Oh, lots of good that's, time.
2: Yep. The, the, the PWA uh, Twitch streams on the Sunday?
1: Yes, Smash, um, Sundays with Smash Sunday. Smash Sunday. There
2: you go. And also really... you've got
1: Good Brother Wednesdays, Ricky, do you not? With yeah. Rose and Mick Moretti.
2: So Rose and Mick Moretti, we play a bit of a Call of Duty Warzone on the Wednesdays. Um, and uh, Cat Out of the Bag, I don't think uh, it's out yet, but it will be. But I think on Mondays, there's going to be a Dungeon and Dra- Dungeons and Dragons uh, stream happening.
1: Wow. So there is the- so much content right now, an abundance of content. So if you're finding yourself... Bored at home. You can tune into any of those watch parties and, you know, it'll make you feel connected. It'll give you something to do with your time.
2: I I, I feel it's more of a way for us to connect to the fans as opposed to the, the other way around.
1: Yes. Because, yeah, you know, sure. the fans
2: are a, such an integral part of PWA. Just maintaining that connection is going to be vital.
0: Yeah. And off goes the gimmick table. Ricky, uh, seeing as we're we're kind of already talking about it so how 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 are you dealing with i guess the uh the current situation you're just saying now that the uh that all of these ways of interacting are good for you to mm-hmm. to interact with the fans and everything and uh how have you been finding it
2: um look it, it's been a bit of a, a learning curve and a bit of a struggle um as far pointed out i am very uh, thankful that pwa is spitting out all these ways to interact with fans but uh, I've taken this time to kind of just uh, clear up. Grow a, uh, kill a, a killer
1: mustache. Grow a
2: killer mustache. I went from having a beard to mutton chops and goatee to just the goatee to now just the mustache. Um, but yeah, just taking the time to, you know, heal up my body, um, you know, get a, my mind straight, learn, uh, keep learning a bit of Spanish pretty well. And yeah, so I'm actually uh, enjoying just this downtime, but... Uh, my mind uh, is going a little cuckoo. Just being locked up in the house.
1: I can tell your mind's being going cuckoo because it wasn't too long ago that you binged the Big Show show on Netflix, Ricky. So fucking <laughs> shit, must be really going down south. Excuse but, the pun. At the rest, but of have that. you watched
2: the Big Show show?
1: I watched I've the watched first a few episode, and then and I <laughs> immediately the <watched laughs> the I was blind afterwards. afterwards. So never again.
0: I didn't think it was that bad. I, it, like, I, I was like. If I wasn't falling asleep, I would have kept watching it. But I, 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 would, <laughs> I would
2: consider it to be like the room of TV shows. Cool. It's bad, <laughs> but for some reason you just enjoy watching it. Mm. Yeah, the only thing that would make it better is Danny Wisehart to be
1: there. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I did not hit show. I did not hit him. <laughs>
0: That's one thing we need to do when we can get outside again. When uh, when the theaters are back up and running, there's a uh, there's a theater out in North Sydney that do a screening of The Room. Oh yeah, uh, I think the first Friday of every month. Really, yeah, I have heard about people that. People come along and they you know they throw spoons mm-hmm. at the screen and they it's well, it's quite it's quite a, a night out.
2: I've also heard of the cinemas doing the same thing, but with like the Rocky Horror Picture Show and Blues Brothers. And I've always wanted to go to like to the Blues Brothers one, especially where they all like, dress up in the black attire and stuff.
0: Oh, that'd be good.
2: Okay. We'll yeah, this one's I out at the
0: Hayden the Orpheum, I think. Out in yeah, in um, out in I think around Croydon and North City. Someone's going to tweet and and uh, someone, someone will correct, correct us. us. Hopefully, correct that. Yeah. So, but yeah, hopefully when that's running up again, we can all maybe uh, have a night out of it. But um, I would love one. Yeah.
1: Ricky. You know. We were talking not too long ago about the uh, new PWA album and I have to compliment you. I've told you this before, but I believe you have one of the best theme songs in wrestling Ooh. today. But I would also like to uh, shine some light onto one of the worst decisions you made in your fucking career. Hey. When you temporarily got rid of your incredible theme song, I Will Survive and instead replaced it with a cover you did of Hey Mickey.
2: All right. So first of all, uh, it was a cover, but I changed the lyrics. You did. So, so I changed the lyrics to, to suit tough stuff and my name specifically. <laughs> um, and the lyrics—they all worked. Everything worked. It was all set to be a banger. Just the only thing I feel that really let me down was just the audio was dog shit.
1: It was, it was a little you, thing. You're a bit ahead
0: of your time. I reckon if if we if. There was a version of that that was to be part of uh, the music volume two, and that the fans could actually listen to it on Spotify and appreciate, you know, the effort and the to the the actual change of the lyrics. It might actually work, and they might have something to sing sing along to. They sing
1: they sing along to "I Will Survive," and that was always Ricky's goal. I remember him telling me early on, "I want a theme song that people can sing along to." And people yeah, start yeah. seeing along to his theme song. He's like, Hmm, I'm gonna change this now.
2: What it also is, is uh, I think at one point, Bonza made a status to say, Uh, I would love for Ricky to like to have his theme song be Hey Mickey. And I'm like, All right, I'll, I'll accept that challenge. Challenge
0: you. accepted, yeah.
2: So I remember at Gorilla and I looked to Steve. This was at Paddington, and I looked to Steve, and I'm like, It's gonna play. Who's it. Steve? <laughs> Oh, uh, sorry, Bonza. It's his, that's his name on Instagram. Anyway, come on.
1: Yeah, okay. his name is dead.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. I, t- I turned to Bonza, and I I tell him this is gonna play now, and then he, he told the whole locker room to shut the fuck up because he wants <laughs> to hear this and hear the massive pop. And then when my music started playing. It was just so faint and just dull. And then everyone's like, "What the fuck is this?" And then I came up. So I came out to the most
1: mediocre reaction ever and then- what
0: building was that in was that in the second was that the second paddington yeah uh,
1: yeah i think the real sign that you had to go back was when you had that theme song at world series and it wouldn't play and then diego sung i will survive on the microphone instead the writing was in the wall
2: like it was one of those sort of like epiphany sort of moments where you're like god damn
1: like it, it's, oh boy, it's I fucked like, up so bad. Oh boy, I just made the worst decision of my life. Is that what you were thinking?
2: <laughs> uh, I was thinking like, because I, I, in that moment, I'm like, without my music, who am I? I'm, I'm no, no one likes me without the music. But then I'm like, I just got to go out there like in that. silence. And then Diego just came through, with, I think like, the greatest improvised performance that I've seen in my life, and he saved <laughs> it for It was
1: something special. Forever love the age of love Um, Richard, I believe the last time we had you make an appearance on the podcast was during Coliseum weekend last year when we did the live pod.
2: Oh, we did the live pod, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: And we branded you.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. You guys sprayed deodorant on me and I smelled so good after that. We sprayed that.
0: BSCG on your back. <laughs> yeah. But Jax packed Rexona instead of spray paint. And did Jax so. tear his other
2: quad? That or was it just the same? Yeah, that's what he did. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> I think. Um, what's interesting reflecting back on that now is that was prior to you having a big match, that was prior to you going on to fight Travis Banks that night. Um, Ooh. didn't work out so great for you, unfortunately. Yeah. And now you're on this podcast ahead of um, potentially a longer wait before you face Caveman Ugg, which is another enormous match you have coming up. Um, What's it kind of like having in the back of your mind that match is coming up, you don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen, Um, I guess living under these circumstances, how does that make you feel? What's your mentality?
2: Uh, I I use that very much to my own advantage in the sense that um, the idea that I don't know when it's going to happen makes me more motivated uh, for longer. Uh, yes. Because in my mind, everything could be resolved and the match can happen You know, in three weeks' time or six months' time. So uh, I at least have to be ready and uh, in my best physical condition expecting that match to happen you know, tomorrow or next week. Even if it may be eight months away, I know I'm going to be like 100% ready for whenever that match comes.
1: And I'm the, sure the, you will be the old stay ready, ready added, stay ready rather than get ready at it. Stay ready, yeah, correct.
2: Yeah. And, and I've, I've heard uh, Argon the Twitch uh, streams and all this. I know what he's doing or not doing. So uh, he's just, uh, I think, uh, concerned with just putting on as much weight as he can. So
1: He's definitely uh, he, having so a drink every Saturday <laughs> night at the PWA movies.
2: Yeah, <laughs> he's He's been drinking and eating. So... Yeah. I I feel like I may have the edge on
1: it. Yeah, man. Well, Coliseum's coming up. We've got a glimmer of hope in the future, so maybe things will line up then.
2: I would absolutely love to wrestle uh, Caveman Ugg for the title in front of no one. Have an empty arena match and have me and
1: Caveman Ugg just absolutely beat the living shit out of each other. That would be cool. That would be really dope and um in a cave
2: in a cave man man they they main evented wrestlemania with it so why can't we do it yeah
0: hey i love it yeah (laughs)
1: was it ricky performing at the pwa cancel event in front of no audience i was able to be there um in person but i didn't get to wrestle that that night um how was it for you that night wrestling against jack bonzer under those circumstances because it was it was such a crazy vibe i feel like there was still such an energy in the room even though there were there were no fans in attendance
2: um let me just say first of all Fudge, you may not have been wrestling, but you had a vital job to do, being the sanitation you. <laughs> uh, commissioner, you know, enforcing the, the strict hygiene rules and social distancing. Uh, but it, it was weird. That night, and Fudge. I'm sure you can attest, uh, every show PWA runs, there's a big sort of community or family sort of feeling for it. But for some reason, that show, uh, that family feel and drive was the strongest I've ever felt. Yeah, it really made for... I think it's something pretty special. So It was one of our
1: best shows, I think. Easily. It was
2: a cracker show. Uh, you know, and that uh, having no fans kind of gave um, uh, the creative freedom to do a type of match that uh, you know, often commonly see on PWA shows, especially Max Watts, because uh, they're very demanding and uh, expect uh, a certain high level of, you know, acrobatics dives, this and that, so... Uh, Bonzer and I uh, wanted a very uh, sort of technical uh, match in which we could just uh, have a bit of a grapple and roll around. So I I thoroughly enjoyed it on all aspects.
1: It was great, and the crazy moment was when the second the show concluded and we went off the stream. Everyone just applauded, and it was oh, such fuck. a surreal moment. Like our whole team just came together and we were like, "Fuck yeah, we nailed that shit."
2: Yeah, we nailed. It. We fucking trended number one. Yeah. Number one trend in Australia.
1: And it was crazy because it's like, when would when would you ever be able to all simultaneously applaud your efforts after yeah. a show had concluded immediately like that? Very surreal.
2: I, I think it was more just like uh, an appreciation just for everyone's efforts, just rocking up during like a very tumultuous time. Your people got laid off, people's salaries and jobs and everything got cut or just reduced. So providing that sort of... Uh, uh, escapism for not only fans but for us, was bloody fantastic.
0: Yeah, I didn't even go, like, because of a legitimate fear of like my unborn son and yeah. my, you know, parents who yes. were a bit older. So, yeah, I, I was like, uh well,
2: that, that's a thing. I Just didn't want to. A lot of people take any chances. Yeah, you just can't take the chances,
0: you know. Because um, it was, it's still such. I mean, especially at that time, it was one of those things that we just, no one really knew
2: much about it. There's so many unknowns at that time and still a lot of unknowns, but like at that time, like, I don't think um, there were that many fatalities or I think the infection rate wasn't as high.
0: It honestly feels as if there was like a three day period there where we went from not caring at all to everyone's flipping out. It
1: blew up real quick. Yeah. 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 Oh,
2: yeah, like, so that council show was uh, really fun. I, I think one of the best ones we've done.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Absolutely.
0: Well, Ricky, mm. unless Fudge has more questions on his little notepad there, yeah. do you have any specific questions that you want him to? Sorry, can you hear that bird? <laughs> Sorry.
2: Yeah. Sorry. I, I'm, I'm out. I'm, out, I'm, I'm loving, out doing, I'm so. loving oh, the that's... nature noises of uh, Concrete Sanctuary.
0: Oh, yeah, this is it. This is, uh, out here in my uh, log cabin in the woods. Um, <laughs> but we did have a topic we were going to discuss. We thought you'd be a great addition to uh, to this. There's been some talk this week on the socials about, uh, and, and every now and then this comes up, is the is the Mount Rushmore of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was it that brought it up
2: this week? I think was it, I saw Cody Rhodes mention something about Cody it. Cody brought it up, yeah. Uh, I think a few others put in their two cents. Definitely. So, have you
0: have you thought about? I suppose because I think I might have given you the eggie during the week about this topic, maybe or. Is, I I have, and yeah, uh,
2: I, I I think my answer is going to be very different from anyone else's answer. Um, right, and, and it may show. Before, we'll go. I
0: was going to say before you give your answers, I just want to let you know I've done I've come at this from an interesting perspective. Okay, well, uh, so because so I did a bit of I did a bit of uh research on the actual Mount Rushmore so that we <laughs> could be a bit more accurate with our uh the answers.
2: Because uh, Mount Rushmore's in South, turns, uh, South Dakota.
0: It's uh sorry, I didn't <laughs> I didn't write down where it actually is, but I did write I down know. that it at that point in time <laughs> you did. At that at the point of time that they uh ceased com- um you know, construction on Mount Rushmore, there had only been 32 presidents. So I thought, well, what if we only had th- the first 32 wrestlers to pick from? And that's that's impossible. We don't know who the first 32 wrestlers of all time are. So I went with at least the first 32 presidents. And then I thought, well, what if, instead of going just picking from the first 32 uh, wrestlers, I go the first 32 world champions. And then I started matching up the number of which they were president. So we have George Washington, who mm-hmm. was the first president. We got Thomas Jefferson, who was the third, we got Abe Lincoln, who was number sixteen, and then Teddy Roosevelt, who was number twenty six. So if we go with those same numbers for the first <laughs> out of the first thirty two, world heavyweight wrestling champions. Get... champions, Instead of just wrestlers. Because that's at least information that I could dig
2: up. I think I may know you're number one.
0: Right. Well, the number one is George Hackenschmidt. Hackenschmidt. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So the Mount Rushmore of wrestling has to be George Hackenschmidt, <laughs> uh, Joe Stecker, uh, Dano O'Mahony, an Irish wrestler. Uh, invent- You'd have to be with a name like Dano O'Mahony, though. Uh, I'm quite sure the inventor of the Irish whip. He was, and Ooh. that was his signature move. The um, Irish whip. Uh, yeah, there you go.
1: <laughs> and then He didn't really think uh, that, that one through. What, he just whipped them off and then... No, uh, so what it just... was,
2: it was kind of like a, an a arm sort of jar. So what he'd do is two hands on the wrist, and he'd pull them across the ring and keep a hold of it. And as they got to the other side, he'd whip them back down.
1: Oh, I thought he'd just whip them to the ropes and be like, <laughs> oh, fuck, I didn't think <laughs> this through. He it it just came out and help.
0: His finishing move was being ran at by people <laughs> eventually, yes. And then number four, even though it's unrecognized on the list of world champions, uh, because back then there's a lot of uh, things that took place in certain towns that weren't recognized in other places. Uh, but I, I counted him anyway, because I knew you'd know who he is. But Edward Carpentier. Hey. Okay. There you go. French wrestling. Mm. Uh, nice. Edward Carpentier, known I think, well, the only Carpentier story that I've heard, it was um, Adam Sandler was on a Norm Macdonald podcast, and Macdonald had a story about when he was a kid, and he actually saw Mad Dog Vachon versus Edward uh, Carpentier, and it was in an ice hockey arena, and the ice was still down, and what he'd done was, uh, he'd thrown Mad Dog over the rope and he landed on the outside, he landed on the ice, and he just kept sliding, and he kept sliding, and he kept sliding, and he eventually went into the goal, and the whole, like, the automatic goal siren and stuff started going off, and it was, like, the greatest moment ever. Shit. But, yeah. That's amazing. Edward Carpazier. So that's, that's your first, that's, that's the Mount Rushmore that, that, of wrestling.
1: It's
2: got to be. It, it correlates. Yeah. That's the Mount Rushmore.
1: <laughs> wow. Oh. Do you have your Mount Rushmore, Ricky, that you'd like to share with us?
2: I, I do have my Mount Rushmore. Um, uh, so a lot of people would have their own, obviously, subjective Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Uh, based on whatever uh, qualifications or criteria um, that they deem fit. Um, I deem my four uh, to be, I think, based solely on their cultural and historical impact to the world of professional wrestling. Now, I'm not just narrowing this down to Western uh, professional wrestling, so North America.
1: Uh, I didn't think you would. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was the expectation.
2: So, yeah. uh, obviously, I want to broaden this out to different sort of forms. Uh, so, um, first one, and, and three of them are going to be very common. Uh, the first one, if you go to Lucha Libre, you'll have to pick El Sampo. Mm-hmm. his uh, dominance and reign going from the 30s to 40s to the 80s you know in a time of uh, such Mexican revolution he was just uh, a nice father
1: sort
2: of idol. Lucha Libre father of uh, my other one uh, if we go uh, across the pond go over to uh, Japan uh, I would say Ricky Dozan will have to be on the re- Mount Rushmore um, you know a South Korean coming into Japan uh, just after they lost the war, um, the Japanese people needed a, a bit of a hero or someone to look up to, to sort of resonate with. There was that guy. And, you know, Ricky Dozen had his, like, sort of uh, mark with the Japanese Wrestling Association. You know, he trained Baba and Inoki, and obviously they created all Japan and New Japan. So I think uh, without him, we wouldn't have Japanese wrestling at all. Um My third one uh, would be, obviously, I think, Steve Austin. Um, I I, I think, and I've heard, maybe John Cena could beat him, uh, but I think Stone Cold was the most marketable and uh, high-selling merchandise professional wrestler of all time for WWE.
1: Well, sheerly because I, I'm not too sure about this 100%, but just the length of period of time that John Cena's been in WWE selling huge amounts of merchandise, he might have already surpassed Steve Austin. I'm not sure.
2: Well, the way I look at it is Austin was in his prime and, you know, going full steam ahead three, four years, maybe five.
0: Yeah. Austin's run at the top was, was four years. Yeah, four like, years. It wasn't very long at all, but it's, um, that's like. He was white hot in what, those four years.
2: What man? So like, if we were to kind of like compare apples and apples, like if you were to take Seamus' best four years on top, and then Stone Cold's four years on top, I think Austin's beats his.
1: Yeah, I think. Got point a
2: so yeah. that's the way I look at it. And my last one, I, I think this guy doesn't get enough love to be put on people's nap rushmores, but I think, uh, and I'm a massive fan of Andre the Giant. Um, and for the sheer fact that uh, he was arguably one of like the first true real attractions, yes, you know, in, in professional wrestling, especially in North America, one of those guys that like promoters brought in to have their fans come in and just look in absolute awe and amazement, like holy fuck, this seven foot plus five hundred pound behemoth, this giant of a man, is actually wrestling in just before our eyes someone we didn't think could be this big is right here you
1: know? He was so the definition of wrestling being larger than life
2: larger than life you know and people like people were real kindy with him they'd taken one promotion he'd only be there for like a week go to the next one for a week and do the complete rounds they come back to the first place after like two years and then he's, you know, he's fucking Andre the Giant again, it's so
1: special. It's funny you say it was such a carny thing because everyone makes such a big deal historically about Hulk Hogan body slamming him, but that dude got body slammed so many times.
2: So many times. And I mean like, <laughs> that's when he did, when he was doing these loops, the, the main guy of the territory, I think a lot of them would fucking end up body slamming fucking Andre. Yeah. You know, like, how how over could you get your guy by body slamming fucking this guy that's touring the country, this behemoth? You know? So, like, all these gifts have gone around and just everyone just being like, yeah, everyone, like, body slammed, like, Andre the Giant from, like, Warrior to Ernie Ladd to fucking Stan Hansen to Harley Race. Just everyone body slammed Andre the Giant. That's my Mount Rushmore. That's my point. Yeah. Pretty, there you go. pretty, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good.
1: <laughs> Budgie? Um, look, I went purely subjective. I wrote an objective list and I'm like, I don't like it because it sounds too much like everyone else's lists. <laughs> so I did... Um,
2: Hogan, Hogan, Austin, Flair, Rock?
1: Uh, I put San Martino in there. So it was oh, San Hogan. Martino, Rock, Austin, Hogan. But... And I was like, maybe I could do the Mount Rushmore of comedy wrestling. Oh! Nice. Yeah. And this is my Mount Rushmore of comedy wrestling, as in the guys that have influenced me the most. Mm -hmm. So I've got Kikataro. Yep. Santino Marella.
0: Very good. good. Very good.
1: Les Kellett. Yep. Very good. And Orange Cassidy. That's my four. That's my uh, Mount Rushmore of comedy wrestling that have influenced me to be the goofy fuck that I am today. All right.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. Dave. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, and any... uh, I mean, look. Other than the bit of research I did, um, yeah. If I was to give you one of those, you know, uh, you know, the the answers like the Rock Hogan. My answer in that arena is. Uh, Hogan, Rock, Austin, Cena. Yeah. With the one thought of maybe subbing out Rock for Andre, because Andre was, uh, like, I agree, no one gives Andre the the credit he deserves. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't put I wouldn't put Flair in it. Yeah. Um, I know some people would be a bit, like, you know, Flair would be in everybody's, but I wouldn't. Um, I don't think he was the same, had the same impact as the other three.
2: Um, I I think trying to just pick like. Four guys like for the wrestling Mount Rushmore from like North America, that's it's gonna to be too difficult. There are too many, yeah. you know. Uh, and the, the other barriers. thing, too, is
0: that like, what's what's Rock better known for now? Probably movies, Probably like, made, made more money there, yeah. And I, I think I tweeted out recently the discussion point of does do people like Rock was gonna be successful regardless, but would he have been? Would he have been what he became so fast if there wasn't as many eyes on the WWF at the time thanks to Stone Cold Steve Austin? Yeah. Totally. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. You know, like, so he definitely got the rub, but, I think, even though he was, you know, awesome. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Hey, what about uh, a Mount Rushmore of the shits? Like, guys who <laughs> totally suck. <laughs>
1: You know, I feel like our efforts could be spent on the things and just burying people. Cause- to me, it would just
0: be the Sandman four heads. Just four
1: <laughs> different ages of the Sandman. Four different
2: stages of high or drunk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, That's man. my Mount Rushmore. It's kind of
1: incredible things. to still see uh, Sandman stinking places up today. Oh, jeez, The sucks. legacy. He
0: always sucked. Yeah. Like, I don't care if someone sends him this. I'll. I don't yeah. think people would yeah. really
1: defend his wrestling ability because his whole shtick is that he has a cool right. entrance right. oh, I was He done. said he
0: picked a song that was, what, connected to his wrestling name?
1: Yeah I mean,
2: come on Come on, uh, to be honest, if I ever wrestled Sandman, I, I would stand in that ring, just witness that entrance, and I would take that pin But the thing so is, quickly. that
0: the crowd is his entrance, he's not You can just play the song <laughs>
1: He'll be, be Ricky South
0: versus no one, but we're going to play the song for three and a four. Yeah, Ricky's it, right. He's really good minutes.
1: at hitting himself in the head. With yeah, hands there you and go, and no stick. Who's
2: going to do that? That's what we need, need Sam. Maybe that,
0: that's that's where we went wrong. We should have just picked really, really popular rock songs for everybody to 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 sing along to. And your name could have been Back in Black South, and then, <laughs> <laughs> Or, you know, Stairway to Heaven Fudge or
1: something. <laughs> um, Ricky, I was talking a bit about uh, silly wrestling before, and I, I could be wrong, but I feel like you are the opponent I have faced the most in my career so far. I'm not sure if it's the same for you, but definitely singles, multi-mans, tag matches. Like, I've had the most matches with you, I'm pretty sure. And I've put you into a lot of really stupid situations where we've done... Some goofy comedy. Do you have like any memories off the top of your head? Because I know we've had a lot of ridiculous matches about weird matches or experiences we've had wrestling each other. I can think of a few.
2: I, I'm I'm sorry, but maybe like one just doesn't pop up straight. You know, uh, from my memory bank.
1: Am I really uh, that forgettable, Ricky? No, 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 no.
2: It's not <laughs> because you're that forgettable. It's because all of them are so awesome that you are You just can't pick one. <laughs> Like, Fudge, you have an innate ability, like, every time I, like, wrestle, and it still happens now, so many people are like, yeah, we'll do this, this, and this, and then you'll kiss me. And then I'm like, no, why why the fuck would I kiss you? But Fudge, on the other hand, says it with such conviction, and he convinces me that this is going to work, and that it's going to be hilarious, and that everyone's (laughs) going to love it, that he knows comedy. And then I'm like, yeah, all right, well, we'll when, when we're going over it, well, I'm like, okay, we'll see how this goes. And I'll give you credit. Every time you and I have done it, it gets a good reaction. Yeah. I, I watched back for some reason just our rock and roll freeway with Jimmy Townsend.
1: Because he brought it up a couple of days ago. Yeah, before. he did. You're right. You know, sure And too.
2: there was a point in the match whereby uh, we wanted to have a little bit of a kiss, but then we got cut off by uh, Jimmy. And then he... Wailed on us we turned it around on him and we both went to double whip but as we double whipped we looked at each other you called for the friendship kiss and we like just pecked each other a little peck and we whipped off and that kind
1: of just the audience weren't expecting it no (laughs) um you just remind me of another thing that happened we were wrestling at sorry we were doing a tag match at new it was you and me against the Prefects, and i had the worst idea of my life where i wanted to do my corner splashes With the prefects in opposite corners, Uh, with you on my back, you have your entire weight on my back in like a backpack position, and like
2: heavy, and you're still not heavy.
1: So you've got me in like a shoot, rear, naked choke just so you can try and stay on my back. And I'm like gasping Gasping for for air air as I'm I'm doing doing the worst corner splashes of my life, like half pace. And yeah, that was a terrible decision.
2: Like on your
0: back, weren't we all in the same? were we all on the same team in that match in
1: Newey when someone the ran? One Direction wreck? match. Yes. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. Do you want to fill fill in our listeners on what happened there, Conko? Uh,
0: you were you were getting beaten up pretty bad, and what I remember is you finally made uh, the tag to me. I came in like a house of fire, about to close line someone, and then when I was done stepping through the ropes, and I looked up, there was somebody there who was not a member of One Direction um, it's pretty easy to tell which, <laughs> who the opponents were and who were not And, but I'm in clothesline mode and I was like it, it just sort of all happened too fast and I was about to give him you know just a professional wrestling clothesline someone else jumps and,
2: up for the bar
0: yeah and he was just still there and just as I was about to make contact I was like well I got a shit can this guy so I <laughs> the clothesline kind of turned into a sort of wrap around the head and then I thought well I got to throw him out and I've gone to try and throw him out and as and I'm thinking well he doesn't know how to get thrown out of the ring he doesn't know how to work you have brother. to be taught yeah mm-hmm. and then by the time he kind of got t- tangled up in the ropes everyone that was out there uh had just kind of come over and just started putting the boots to him and yeah uh,
1: that's what I remember i w- we were yeah our team was positioned stage side near the entrance ramp and I was cool. laying down selling and I saw someone jump in the ring. I thought it was one of the one direction boys we were pacing. Two seconds later I see the one direction boys and you guys stomping on some guy. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And I turn around, you guys yeah, are so all once... simultaneously stomping on a fan.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I only got like a couple of good kicks in. And then I turned around I had to get uh I, I had the giant Juan and I just uh I just got on top of him and just started like just giving him just some you know mounted punches to the face. And he's like, what do we do? I'm like, we'll just sit here until they're all stopped, you know, because they're not going to look at us no matter what we do. Yeah. yeah. So I'll just, like, instead of whacking on a chin lock or whatever, the easiest thing do to do was just to keep yeah. punching and punching. And, yeah. <laughs> and then when I felt like we kind of had him, I pinned him and just did a couple more boring things. And I was like, all right,
2: let's go back to what we had. That was oh, right at the
1: end of our match anyway. Yeah.
2: My favorite yeah. thing from that is I'm um, standing on the apron, and when he gets out into the crowd and escorted, King Kirill Cubby exerted, like, some strength I never knew he had. He's a big and he boy. Ragged, he, yeah, he's big. And he ragged on this man through the crowd, just pulling him and just, like, taking him off his feet. And I'm just on the apron. I'm like, oh, Kirill.
1: <laughs> Kirill was oh, really good. Caril yeah, was he the was. Man. It's a shame he didn't stick around. He was a good brother. Yeah,
2: cool, man. If really he, would uh,
0: um, yeah, if if when things go back and he wants to sort of, you know, get back into it, I'm sure there'd maybe be, uh, you know, a spot open at a at a who's show coming up or something. Because yeah, yeah he worked really hard to sort of Me get to where he got, got, and then yeah. yeah. No.
1: Another memory I'll treasure, Ricky, is uh, the five way we had for. I'm putting quotation marks here. JT Mm -hmm. Robinson's retirement match. (laughs) That was one of the funnest (laughs) matches I've had. And it was capped off by, it was a five-way. All four people that weren't JT doing the classic, I'm sorry, I love you, super kick, Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair moment. Yeah. But now Mm -hmm. I'm hearing, are you hearing the rumors that JT wants to make a comeback? Uh, I am. See, I don't think... JT could ever top that match.
2: (laughs) JT and I uh, are somewhat of gym buddies. Yeah. I I, I spot him on his two kilo shoulder presses. (laughs) And he's he's going for a Coliseum entry. Oh, sorry. uh, Yeah,
1: Coliseum entry. So he should. So he should. (laughs) That would be wholesome. That would be a really good feel-good moment, but, but selfishly, selfish. I would be angry because we had such a good retirement match with him, that five-way. And Ricky, I don't cool. know if you'd be down, but if he wanted to get back in the game, I, probably to, I would probably want to break his leg so he couldn't wrestle anymore. <laughs> Our five-way match was just too perfect. I don't think he'd <laughs> wrestle anymore.
2: Can I just say, like, I love all participants in that five-way match, but there was just one participant in there. When you look back, I'm like, Mm. Why was he there? And I I, I love Delcano. But i like Delcano was in that match. It was, Were you guys
0: there it was weird. For the um the retirement match in Oh, actually I think it might have been in um before Charlestown Bowling Club. There was one that he had in uh, before Charlestown New Bowling Lampton. Club.
2: New Lambtop New Lambton Community Center. He had a,
0: he had a retirement match there that he didn't realise it was a retirement match until he got in the ring and then the ring announcer said the following is a retirement match and he knew that he was that he had to lie down for this one. And then he was like, God damn it. And then he lost the match and then he got on the mic and then there was this you know a bit of applause of like, Oh, you know, thank you, that was your retirement and he got on the mic And he quoted Randy the Ram, and he said, "The only people who are going to tell me when I'm done here is you people." I was like, "Ah, that's a that's a good way to turn around on everybody."
2: (laughs) He's he's very quick witted. I'll give him that.
0: Oh yeah, very much.
2: He's very smart. Certainly. Every now and then, I love just hearing JT tell Super Dragon stories about you know when Super Dragon first came out and how it was just this young stuff. And JT's kind of like just, you know, showing him the ropes around Australia. I'm um, oh. Him just talking about just a, a young Super Dragon. With,
1: yeah, uh, it's wild, AWF from wild. A with AWF and stuff. That seems yeah. like such a weird match for me, like such a weird pairing, sorry. Yeah. But we've got you here now, Ricky. Let's, back to you.
2: All right. <laughs> we're, we're, yet, we're yet to really hit the topic of the podcast, which really entices me, and that's all the Seinfeld stuff. So we'll hit on
0: oh yeah oh man do we have actually that was another thing i was going to ask you do you have a sitcom mount rushmore if we were just putting up
2: shows <laughs> you,
0: like let's just yeah
2: so uh i would straight away put up Seinfeld. that's a no-brainer
0: no-brainer uh, for all three of us
1: probably um, now but, Ricky, I, what about yeah. friends what about the big bang theory are they going to be on your mount rushmore Look,
2: I, no, wait, just, <laughs> I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't know how to, how to describe it. It's just like, yeah, I, I just thought, of so you go to Coles or you go somewhere and you buy a nice can of Coke. It tastes delicious. Have you ever had like, uh, what's the shoot, like shitty offshoot? Uh, L.A. Costa. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah.
2: L.A. Cola? Yeah. But, that's what Friends is. Friends is the L.A. Cola.
0: Okay. The L.A. Cola of sitcoms, of sitcoms and Seinfeld was Coca-Cola. Seinfeld yeah. was
2: Coca-Cola, man. Uh, but if we're doing sitcoms, I'll go Seinfeld, uh, How I Met Your Mother. Uh, this isn't in order. Seinfeld is one, but the rest not in order.
0: Oh, I don't think any of the Rushmores are in order anyway, so that's okay. Yeah, All
2: right. Uh, yeah, How I Met Your Mother will be two. Um, number three, I think uh, I'd put Parks and Rec up there.
1: Nice. Yep.
2: Um, I only got into Parks and Rec just about a year or two ago, but binged it in its entirety super quickly, and it's amazing. Mm. Uh, I very much love Tina Fey. I love her comedy. Uh, obviously, Nick Offerman and uh, Rashida Jones, uh, Rob Lowe, all of them. Uh,
0: I mean, Amy Poehler, right? Yeah, oh, sorry. A uh, mixed up
1: there. <laughs> a- Amy Poehler, sorry. Yeah, Amy Poehler's great.
0: I'm struggling to think of if Tina Fey <laughs> was ever on Parks and Recreation.
1: Uh, I'm not weird a, that she wouldn't have been. Was Amy Poehler
2: ever on 30 Rock?
1: Yeah, well, it's easy to get those two mixed up because they work together so much, but they're, I haven't seen enough
2: 30 they're, Rock they're, such they're, a, they're such a duo. They
0: and, were the first, uh, co, um, the first female co-anchors of uh, Weekend Update. Yeah. yeah.
2: And the fourth one. Ooh. Uh... This one's a little tricky. Now, I don't know if we can call it a sitcom, um, but I'm just going to put it in there. Uh, I love the original Get Smart series. Oh. Yeah. So with, with Don Adams. There you that's, go. So I, because I'm a big Mel Brooks fan, and I just think <laughs> just that comedy, I just it's stupid, and it just tickles me fancy. So yeah. I, I reckon that's my fault.
0: Jens Fudge, do you have a, a sitcom? Oh, uh, you know,
1: I'm, I'm trying to think right now. Like, I'd probably, as well as Seinfeld, I'd probably throw, like, The Simpsons and South Park in there, I think. Um, okay,
0: so we can add, add animated. Yeah, why that's not? a different category? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: And, you know, I've watched so many comedy shows. I'm really struggling to think of, like, a good third pick. Um,
0: Actually, if you're going to add those, because that, that'll make it easier for me too, because, like, I'm like, <laughs> Seinfeld is just... Seinfeld should be. Seinfeld's a Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Mount Rushmore it's can a be four island. other. That, that's it. Mount Rushmore can be four other. You know, sitcoms. Like <laughs> I was thinking, like you know, Cheers and Home Improvement and. Oh yeah. You know th- th- those sorts of ones, but. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Home Improvement went for ages. Yeah. Are you a big Tim Allen Everyone fan? forgets about Home
1: Improvement. What else? I oh, know. I've heard your question, Ricky. Oh, I didn't. Sorry. Are
0: you
2: are you a big Tim Allen fan?
0: I like Tim Allen. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I don't know. Like it's, I don't know what it is about it, but the the grunt or like not even the grunt. It's this, that 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 <laughs> that sound effect that, this, that he does at the start of the song that still <laughs> still pops me for some reason. I don't know why.
1: <laughs> he really. Um, yeah. he's one of those actors that truly embodies the spirit of being a dad. That's what I think. Oh, and no right. one oh, yeah. else could have yeah. been Buzz
2: Lightyear. Nobody yeah. else. No, I think Fudge, you just nailed it there.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. And Galaxy Quest is amazing, of course.
1: I've never seen that, but it's always been on my list. Mm.
0: Galaxy Quest. Not to spoil it, but the three amigos, Galaxy Quest, and A Bug's Life are all the same story. What? Did I just blow your mind, Ricky?
2: What? Have you seen... I, I've, I've seen Bugs Life and obviously Three Amigos. I haven't seen Galaxy. Yeah. I'm going to have to watch a Bugs Life back now.
0: You're going to have to watch Bugs Life and Galaxy <laughs> Quest and see what I'm talking about.
2: All right, yeah. okay, All
1: right. okay, There you go. an interesting little theory you have here. You, there, you, on
2: you on. may have just ruined my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But,
0: buddy. But yeah, Tim Allen's fantastic in Galaxy Quest. Check it out.
2: Speaking of... of um, sort of theories or, like, sort of Easter eggs, Jude London sent us a, a tweet whereby the tweet said that in the Simpsons episode, um, Who Shot Mr. Burns, when Mr. Burns falls on the sun, though, and is shot, behind Ned Flanders, you see of the Clown. Oh, yeah,
0: they're the- panning across everybody, and it's it's, it's Homer in a crusty costume. It's yeah. Homer in
2: a crusty costume. Yeah,
0: I remember as a kid pointing that out and, and thinking that's a red herring because I think I'd already, when I, once I'd found that, I already knew that it was Maggie. But, yeah, it was – I'm like,
2: what? Yeah.
0: I guess I didn't think much of it at the time, but I remember, th- I remember discovering it back when I was a kid.
2: I, I wow. love like little Easter eggs or sort of like wild movie or
1: TV theories. Yeah, it's always mm-hmm. nice hearing little trivia facts. Hey, really gives uh, you an appreciation uh, for the art form.
2: You, have you guys You've obviously heard of like The, the Marvel Universe right Oh sorry um, Sorry the Pixar Is it Pixar? Like oh Pixar- with Pixar? the The Pizza Planet truck Yeah the Pixar theory Where all the movies Are on the same timeline
3: Yeah I think I
2: have the Yeah so there's a theory That on all Pixar movies All of the movies Are on one linear timeline Yeah I Right And there's just like Easter eggs. Yeah, like the pizza truck, that brand. It's just like very like um, prominent in all the movies. I went into a big sort of dive into this. I'm like, either this is the greatest storyline that anyone's ever thought up with, or was like came up with, or people got really (laughs) high. Yeah. Uh,
0: (laughs) I know that those movies also have like, there's a uh, number that needs to be in all the movies because that's the number of the room that, the first group of Pixar animators all studied animation in or something like that. There's,
2: there's, yeah, there's but, all, there's all like that little stuff there. Like, uh, yeah. there's also a, like a big one in, uh, like the Tarantino world where like,
1: uh, they've got a few, they've got like the cigarettes, I believe. They got the oh. cigarettes,
2: but, um, the other one was, uh, uh, Vic Vegas, or Travolta's character in Pulp Fiction, is uh, the brother of uh, Michael Madsen's character in Reservoir Dogs. Yeah.
1: uh, Oh, I I gotta say, I didn't love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I've only seen it once. I don't know if you guys have seen it.
2: I've seen it. Um,
1: Oh, that high pitch, Ricky. That's not indicating good thoughts about the movie.
2: I it, I think it's it's different from what Tarantino usually does. And I think I've grown accustomed to like his sort of style of movie, so I liked it. I just it, I was taken in surprise by oh this isn't, you know, your sort of stereotypical sort of Tarantino movie.
0: I didn't think I was gonna enjoy it and then I enjoyed it.
2: I, I, yeah, I did enjoy
1: it. At yeah. that moment I enjoyed in it, sure. It was just a long stretch of a lot of nothing happening. It was definitely Tarantino making the movie for himself, not other people.
2: Like he <laughs> is a massive fan of like sort of western movies or like sort of sorry, not west, like the old west sort of style yeah. movies. Yeah, oh my like, god,
1: there was I a lot of that. In is incredible, though. Pink light is
2: terrific. I love it. You know, uh, it's definitely a slow burn, but uh, I like I like when his stories pay off
1: he's really great at building suspense and that's what i feel like was lacking in once upon a time in hollywood there was only a couple of scenes really that had a lot of suspense in them but i feel like that's one of um quentin tarantino's best talents i
0: I think people often underestimate the power
1: of suspense oh wow (laughs) blew me away (laughs) and
2: this is very typical but i think it his best trait, or like what he does so well, is his soundtrack that he picks. You know, oh, always music,
1: great soundtracks.
2: The music that he picks for all the these scenarios and situations are always famous and always A class. Like I've recently just been addicted to the Kill Bill soundtrack.
1: Oh yeah, and so then many just, great tracks.
2: And then just uh, realizing where all these songs are in the movie, I'm like, it just. Heightens the, the tension or you know the collision or just uh, I, the suspense just fucking lifts it like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 some very calming uh, sound for our listeners yeah. cut out that one piece of audio and play it over and over again while you try to fall asleep ring for <laughs> the comforting Absolutely. sounds of Ricky South grunting soothing
0: so, actually, I've got one more uh, non-wrestling-related question for you, Ricky, before maybe we uh, wrap this up because we're starting to push an hour here. Oh, I
2: don't want to wrap
0: it up. What's your Mount Rushmore of supporting Seinfeld cast? Oh.
1: Well, no, a lot of Mount Rushmore questions. Oh. Yeah. Oh,
2: oh, oh. It's really just a top four. That's it. it. it, it, <laughs> it. All, right. Yeah. All right. So, the first one that comes to mind for me, uh, I'm going to put David Putty right in yeah. Uh, Putty's in there. Um, oh. See, I don't consider Newman as a supporting cast. I, I, I love him into the main cast.
0: You reckon Newman is the fifth cast member?
2: I think he's the fifth cast member. Yeah, I think interesting. so as well. <laughs> I, I, I think they just need an antithesis. Right. Or like an opposite. And I think. It's he- interesting.
0: If you ever watch any of those, like. the. Uh, 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 like those extra bits, like on the DVD box set and stuff, they're all on YouTube now anyway. But like, apparently, Michael Richards was, was very adamant that he doesn't he his stuff didn't turn into a double act, so he didn't want it with Newman, and he didn't want to with Mickey either. Really? Yeah, he just wanted to keep. I don't know. He, there was something about it. He just didn't want it to become that, like an Abbott and Costello, or a, you know, something like that.
1: Interesting.
2: What? Well- Well, look at Abbott and Costello and look at the career of Michael Richards. So, Yeah. (laughs) You tell me. Uh, uh, I'm not going to put this person in as like a a two or three or four, but he's in the four. And I absolutely love – I forgot his first name, but Mr. Kruger. I love Mr. Kruger. Yeah. So – George's boss from the Kruger. Yeah, Kruger had some great. Yeah, Kruger Industrial Smoothie. Yeah, Uh, boy, did we
0: take it on the chin last year. (laughs) He was the most chill boss ever.
2: I've been locked out of my office.
1: I'm going home. I love the episode where uh, George keeps trying to get the one great liners before he can leave the meeting, and then Kruger pulls that shit on him at the end and leaves him alone to do all the work.
2: I love where where he's just in the office. Like, look, George, and he's like three spins, no hands, all me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Why? Oh, but it's brilliant. Um, oh, it is going to be very tricky. Um, I'm going to lump in uh, J. Peterman
0: Yes. Peterman was
2: fantastic. I, Jay Peterman was such a classic. You know. Um and what makes the world of Seinfeld so beautiful is that the actor who played Jay Peterman now works for the J.P. Does he really? It does. Wow. It does. That's, very, a, that's a,
1: a nice full name. circle.
2: It's a full circle. Um, you know, uh, I think i just...
0: Does Frank Costanza get a, a jersey at all?
2: I, I'm, I'm thinking for my fourth. I'm like, oh, he, he's he's there and I'm just trying to think is there. There, is there anyone else that I reckon deserves that upper echelon the four top supporting characters um, yeah I would think Frank stands up he would have to be there I, I think Frank uh, you know Jerry Stiller just played that role to perfection and he had such minimal sort of screen time on a lot of the episodes but each scene he was in, he just made his
0: own. And another little tidbit for you is that a lot of the the funny nuances of him sort of tr- – it was him legitimately trying to remember lines. Whenever he's looking up or he's got his eyes closed, that was him actually trying to remember the lines.
2: <laughs> have, have you seen just the blooper of him trying to just uh, spit out Del Boca Vista? Del
0: Boca Vista and uh, – <laughs> What was I think yeah, no, that was the one that got him the most. Yeah. But the other oh no, I'm also getting that mixed up with you saying you want a
2: piece Did of it. <laughs> and, and <laughs> just, but that
0: was everybody else's fault yeah. because he was so great at it.
2: Uh, one of the, like and I really love loved this match, just for this element. There was a match we had at Rock and Roll Congo, I don't know if you remember you and I were wrestling and you decided to throw the challenge of how many Seinfeld references you can throw in there, or like match. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. That was at it. Yeah, it was it at Campbelltown? That was at hour, that? and I, yeah, I, yeah. I think
2: you did like ten of them, like ten, <laughs> ten references. Most of them were by Frank Costanza, and the one and the ones that lost me were uh, "I Feel Vigorous." <laughs> Yeah. And midway throughout the match, you're just like...
0: I, I lifted a dumbbell to, today. I felt vigorous, <laughs> yeah.
2: And the other one was just, uh, I don't know, I can't recall the, the setup to it, but just out of nowhere, it just blurt out, that's perverse.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it was because you were being very, you know, you were playing your gimmick up. So, yeah, that was, <laughs> that's perverse. <voice. laughs> that's
2: perverse. voice. Fantastic. Now, all right, now I've got to hear what else is for.
1: I I'm really going to struggle to put mine together because I feel like it has so many good side characters, but so many good one-off characters as well. Oh, a lot yeah. of those are okay. going in my mind. Um, that's the that's-
0: thing. Like the soup Nazi was a one. Yeah, like that was a sure. one. Like. But he'd be. He, I wouldn't be surprised if he was in some people's. Or in the my, car my dealership, the be, guy
1: that steals the Twix bar from George. Yeah. He's going to be one, one of my favorite one-off characters.
2: Big hey guy, short, short neck, Bookman.
1: Bookman. Oh, I love that's Bookman my Bookman that's was a my
2: dad's book. favorite character. Yeah,
0: I think he's my dad's too. My da- and uh, Bookman and the Moyle, uh, my dad's too. Yeah, but I think my four would have to be, yeah, Putty. I'm going to throw Newman in there. Mm-hmm. Putty, Newman, um, Frank, and Peterman.
1: Yeah. Good lists. But Good lists, you. lads. Ah, could
2: for ages. Let me just quickly say the other thing I love about Cypher. Um, this is another sort of topic we could do, but I'm not going to think about it. It's like top four, or like a Mount Rushmore, or before they were famous stars in Cypher. Oh, yeah. Ooh. There were so many of them. Like you have uh, Jeremy Piven. Oh, um, uh, it just
0: reminded me. What? Can I can I can I pull Peterman and throw in? Uh, what was Brian Cranston's name again? Oh, I'm Tim. I'm going to what- kill myself. Artist. Tim Watley. Yeah. Yes. yeah. You know Tim Watley what? is my fourth. Yeah. In,
2: in. Sorry, that's Peterman a good, That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, like Brian Cranston as well. Courtney Cox, our cat, uh, that chick from like um, Sex in the City. Uh, I'm probably forgetting heaps. Like Jeremy Piven already said, I'm gonna stop listening. God damn, it, man.
1: so many. So, listeners, if a lot with us and you have a lot of time on your hands and you've never watched Seinfeld before, <laughs> do yourself some justice and watch it.
2: Like what? And sorry, I'm gonna go back. The other one that absolutely blew my mind when I found out. Do you remember the episode where Elaine Bennis is trying to get her medical um, chart? Yes. So, doctors keep writing on chart. Do you remember the scene? She wakes up in the middle of the night to a phone call and someone's just like, pink from you your name Elaine Bennis? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Do you know <laughs> who yeah. that voice was?
0: Who? No.
2: That voice was Phil Hartley. Oh,
0: of course it was now that I'm hearing that was it. It's Phil oh, Amazing. Hartley. There you go. Wow. That actually is yeah, one, one of the best bits of side-field so trivia of any podcast, I think. I didn't I did not know that. I just That's oh crazy. Oh my god, now I'm just remembering Steinbrenner as well. Where does he yeah. go? Because oh. Steinbrenner's Larry David, of course.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh. oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> He's certainly the best back of the head character in <laughs> any show. It goes him dicky knee and then anyone else. Anyone
2: else? Yeah. Oh shit. I love it
0: so much. Yeah. Oh. So, guys, we've talked a bit of wrestling. We have. Talked a bit of television. Um, Was there any last wrestling chat you guys wanted to get in? We've just yeah, crossed I the mark.
1: I just had a story that came to me before, Ricky. I don't know mm-hmm. if this will pop you or if you will remember it, but I mentioned before we've had so many fucking matches together. One of the matches we've had... I don't know, I I find it humorous when I reflect back on it. We had a six-man tag in Canberra one time. Oh. And I can't necessarily remember who was in it. I think it was you and me and Mr. Christmas were on one team. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure who we faced, but it was one of those matches where everything absolutely fell apart. And while that happened, we were on the apron the whole time, and we were the baby faces. Mm-hmm. So we watched the fucking longest heat I've seen in the tag match, ever. And I just remember us continually looking over at each other and like, "This fucking <sighs> is this really happening? Is this for real? Is this serious? What? <laughs> do we have to be here
2: for this?" Yeah, like <laughs> I, I I remember thinking in my head, and I think I said to you, "I'm like, how do we get Mister Christmas away from this heat?" It was like, it was, and this is just in front of a Comic Con show.
1: Yeah.
2: And like, I don't want to slander the names, but good lord.
1: Like, <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> we just, you,
2: let's
0: just say he was against a bunch of sandmen. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Three sandmen. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh. He'll get back on that mountain. Sometimes <laughs> like, I just think about uh, that match. I just remember that feeling of like, hopelessness, helplessness being like, fuck, man, what can we do at this point is they've just, wow, really have our hands now. It,
2: it was a tough one, um, fun experience, camera
1: Yeah, very cool experience. I really, fun. that's probably one of the funnest weekends I've had in wrestling those two days. Okay. I would, I've would. i got a message for Ricky Yeah. before we, um, before we get out of here, if that's okay with you. Yeah, of course. Okay, um, so Ricky, I really believe you are a workhorse in PWA, one of the hardest working men in PWA. Absolutely. But I just wanted you to know, because I can't really tell you face-to-face right now, um, Mm -hmm. for our listeners, me and Ricky have this continuous game we always play. And the way this game works is whenever uh, your opponent, and my opponent in life is Ricky in this game, is standing around oblivious with their hands on their hips, you have to try and sneak in and interlock your arm between their arm on while their hand's on their hip <laughs> and place your hand on your hip. It sounds convoluted, um, but it's just always a really good, oh, fuck you, whenever you manage to catch someone off guard and do it. And um, I've gotten Ricky a few times. Ricky's gotten me a few times. This has been going on for some time, but now I'm not going to see Ricky for a while. Unfortunately, the last time we, we played, and the game is always happening, all the time. It there are no stop. off days. There are no off hours to of this game. It's just you always have to be alert. And any time you stand around with your hands and your hips, you can get hooked. And the last <laughs> time uh, we had any engagement in this game, Ricky hooked me. So, Ricky, I want you to know, closest I can do to face-to-face right now, I hope you're training real hard for Caveman Ugg, but I hope you're training even harder for me because I'm, I'm fucking coming for you mate. you, mate. You got that last point on me. But when you're not ready, I'll be there waiting you,
2: you, you don't realize i've in, drilled it into my mind i cannot just rest my hands on my hips anymore
1: oh me too <laughs> it still happens sometimes and we think like you we used to score points over each other way more when the game first started and now it's a bigger stretch in between when anyone hooks each other but ricky yeah. hope you're sleeping comfortably i hope you're having nice little dreams because the reality is when you leave isolation i'm gonna yeah. hook you I'm going to get that point over you, and I'm well, going to I'll, prove
2: I'll I'm the, the best
1: at doing this stupid convoluted game.
2: I'll wait for the date. Conco, let me just quickly describe how I got Fudge, and this is how we how we left it. So Fudge all, and for the listeners, they won't see the dance, but in almost every match that Fudge did, he would want to do, do a dance routine where he'd kind of like tap up each three feet, hands up in the air, spirit fingers, hands on the hips, turn around, little jump, and then end it. So one day at ring crew, when after the
1: show, back at training, it was like 3 a.m. Crying. as well. 3 a.m. I was at my weakest. I
2: pulled Jude aside. I'm like, <laughs> Jude, I need you to do that dance with Fudge. And I told Jude, Jude, you get him to put his fucking hands in the air, and you get him to put his fucking hands on his hips. Otherwise, I kill you. And Jude, ever, ever, the soldier's like, Ricky, sure thing. I'll, I'll stab Fudge in the back. So Jude goes up to Fudge. <laughs> Dude's just like, Fudge, can we do the dance? And Fudge like an idiot. He's like, yes, dude. <laughs> hands up, hands on the hips. The second his hands touched his hips, I flew in, bang, got the lock in. And just- Rick,
1: you wanna, you wanna fight <laughs> dirty like that, that's fine. I'm a man of honor, I'm a man of integrity. And also, everyone knows your mum cooks a shit spag bowl. The shittest spag bowl <laughs> ever. <laughs> How's your mum's shit spag bowl going to help you when I'm hooking my hands over yours, buddy? It ain't. You're done for. Done.
0: Ricky, what, where can people find you online?
2: <laughs> uh, if I can recover from that ultimate word, uh people can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at TSRickySouth. Um, I do have Facebook, but I'm not on it, so please. Uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram. I'm trying to also do like a daily uh, update of some good wrestling matches just to keep the positivity. You have
0: been. You've been putting on uh, some real classics and yeah. so that's been good. So
2: that's what I've been doing but that's where you can find me at also at uh, Merch as well so um, go over there, head over there uh, I will always be having a quite good, uh, business like
0: fantastic and I am of course at Strong Concrete on Facebook and Twitter and at Dave Concrete on Instagram you can of course get to them from the host section of our very website, ConcernTheFudge.com Big Fudge?
1: Beautiful my details are on there also but if you'd like to know them now, if you don't know them already I'm on Instagram and Twitter at ButtPuncher underscore and I'm also at Facebook at TheButtPuncher
0: Ricky,
2: Thanks. thanks
0: so much for being with us here today
1: I
2: wish that this
0: didn't have to end. Hey, we can we can keep talking.
2: I know we can keep talking.
0: <laughs> but for Conco and the Fudge, this has been episode forty-seven. It's
1: yeah, a long while since the first time Ricky was on the podcast. That's for sure. Oh, crazy! Do, do you
2: remember when we did the first podcast? Or like
1: the podcast? Didn't we do that in my flat in in Ride? Uh And uh, yeah. we did the the opening with. You two doing the opening because I wasn't there. I was too busy being a superstar.
0: <laughs> oh, you came in late. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been, I've lived in three different places since then.
2: Yeah. Ride, ride traffic though, horrible.
1: Yeah. Oh so, yeah. yeah, it always sucked going to that place. Oh my god. Yeah, ride traffic <laughs> terrible. Though. Yeah. Well,
0: when this is all over, we can. Uh, I'll have you guys over and you can sit on the couch or we can sit out here at uh, hey. out here in the, in the wild.
2: Good. I I haven't taken advantage of it at all lately. But Conker, you live about ten minutes away from like a little sort of holiday destination that my grandparents have. That I'm able just to go up to whenever I feel. Oh yeah, we've that was at the entrance. Right, that's at the entrance.
0: And yeah. Just, well, I lived at the entrance for all of last year. Yeah. I didn't see it once.
2: I know. <laughs> this is what I mean. Like, I, ha- I have, I have, it, and I just haven't taken advantage of it. I'm, I'm a fucking
1: That's idiot. all right.
0: Well, I'm not that far from it now, anyway. We've so got to it, take
1: advantage yeah. of it because there's that great burger shop there. I'm forgetting the name of it right now.
0: Oh, oh no, that's at Wyong. Um, oh yeah. What am I? Am another you one? You mean? It's yeah. not that
1: good, fudge. The burger place.
2: Yeah. Which burger place are you talking about? So. um so,
0: hey, look, I'm just going to say we're going to talk about burgers, but that's been Conquer the Fudge. Oh, sorry. So I thought we stopped. This, is, this, is kind of got, this ending kind of got a, lot, a bit away from us, didn't it? Well, we've got to say anyway. that
1: we always end our podcasts with. Uh, oh, of course. Ricky, do you have a beverage with you?
2: One second. I can
1: All right. crack
2: open the little creatures.
1: Well, listeners, thanks for tuning in to yet another episode of Conquer Under Fudge. Richard South, thank you for joining us. It's always
0: Oh, this is Ricky survive. South. Richard was that uh, that other dude, that other black pants guy from last year. I like year. to call him, him Richard.
1: his chest. Which is very condescending. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I hate Richard so much. <laughs>
1: yeah, especially <laughs> because your name, like legally, is it's Ricky. As well, <laughs> yeah, so that's why it's even better. Yes. Well, lads, we got a saying. We always say, uh, Ricky. You you're giving me the honor? Yeah, you have the honor this yeah, time. Oh,
2: oh, boys. I'd like to thank you very much for welcoming uh, me back on to Conquer and the Fudge. Hope the fans enjoy this. Gents, here's to feeling good.
1: All, All the, time. the time. Clink. I
0: s- I suck them down like Coca-Cola. Ha <laughs> <laughs>
1: ha!
3: The, uh, you told me when I first met you, I want to be the Freddie Blassie of Conrad. <laughs> when I was a kid, my uh, guy was a guy named uh, Edward Carpentier. Was he French-Canadian? He was French-Canadian. And he, he was the good guy. And the bad guy was Mad Dog Vachon. So Vachon. one time we saw, saw <laughs> the greatest thing I ever saw, was Well, what, here was Carpentier's big move, because it was much less athletic back then. He would get up on the rope, do a backwards flip onto the thing, uh-huh. then do a backwards somersault, and then punch the guy in the face. <laughs> but the guy was so impressed by the athleticism of what he'd just seen. Uh-huh, he was, all you know, right, overwhelmed by man. Me. That's great. Man. But one time, uh, the greatest thing I ever saw was in the Verdun Arena in the middle of the ice they had uh, set up, because they had a, 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 an ice hockey game that night. Canadians don't say ice hockey, but so uh, uh, Carpentier threw Vachon over the over the net onto the ice. Vachon hit his Keister onto the ice and down he slid. Oh, <laughs> the re- wrestling! They brought it onto they the brought game. it onto the middle of the That's ice. Incredible, dude! He slid down the ice oh. and into the goal. Oh. <laughs> the goal light went on, <laughs> and then you looked up and there was Carpentier. He had hit the goal. Oh light. man! <laughs> that was this some moment. Holy crow!